This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you again in the precious name of Jesus. Last week, when I was finishing the broadcast up, I had to stop, but I was talking to you about the power of God, the power of the Holy Ghost that came to the church at Pentecost. And children of God, this is where we are right now. There is no power of God in the church to amount to anything. You know, when I, y'all heard me testify many times, I was raised up in a generation of miracles and of great deliverance. I was raised up in a time period where we saw great miracles in our home and in the churches. Uh, I may have related this miracle to you, but I remember this was in Buford, Georgia, somewhere around uh, 57, 58, 59, I don't remember. All I remember is I was a young man. I was in school there, I think, the second grade, so I'd probably been seven. Uh, so born in 52 and 70, 58, 59, somewhere in there. My dad pastored a church there, uh, and the Spirit of God was moving, and there was a woman standing there, had a small baby in her arms, but she had this huge gorter in her throat, and the Spirit of the Lord fell on my dad, and he just walked over and just touched her in her forehead. And when he did, the Spirit of the Lord uh, overshadowed her, and she screamed, and she threw that baby straight up in the air and fell backwards on a concrete floor, and you could hear her head hit the floor, and someone caught the baby. But in just a few minutes, as she came to herself and got up, that gorder was gone. The baby was fine. There was no pain or anything in her head. I was raised with these kind of miracles. I saw them uh, on a weekly basis. I was raised in the uh, tent meetings of Roberts and Allen. Never got to go to Jack Coe's meetings, but heard him on the radio. <coughs> and these were great men of faith. Great men that preached faith, believed in the power of God. And there was a, what we call the healing revival, started probably around the mid to late 40s and went on into the 50s and probably uh, about the middle 60s. And the Lord revealed Himself in great faith and great miracles, and that's about all ministers preached with salvation and faith. Well, when I was evangelizing, <coughs> excuse me, I preached... Uh, the majority of my time on salvation and faith and teaching people that there was no separation between salvation and divine healing. And I still believe that today. And I preached this word of faith, preached it steadily, had revivals that run uh, tent meetings that run 17, 18, 21 days. I don't think I ever had one that lasted over three weeks, but many of them were uh, two weeks and some were three weeks. I had Meetings and buildings and churches that run a week in 10 days. You know, it's so hard to get a church now to open up for revival. They want to call these three-day meetings revival. I don't call it revival. I call it just what it is, three-day meetings. Because to have a move of God, it takes more than two or three days. It takes, and, and I tell ministers that I, I know that have tent revivals. They'll go out and put a tent up for four or five days. And I said, I'm not killing myself like that physically for four or five days. And besides that, you can't have the meeting that God wants you to have in that short time frame. Because I found out over 22 years of having tent revivals 
that it usually takes the first week or ten days to let people know you're there and to uh, tear down sin and cry out against sin to get people in the altars repenting so that God can begin to do something in their lives and in their spirits. So I found out that you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna fight those forces. You're gonna drive back sin. You're gonna, uh, get people in a mind to receive and it doesn't come. About the time most preachers get ready to have revival, they take their tents down or their meeting gets cut off in the churches because people don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't care if you get inconvenienced. I'm not there for your pleasure. I'm not there to please you. I'm not there to make you like me. I'm not there to make you happy. I am there to preach the Word of God and to get you back on track in the back to serving God and worshiping God and seeking God. And I don't care what you say about this nation. I don't care how much you demonstrate or protest or what your prayer is or or how you come together with the church to pray. All those things are good. But the only thing that's going to change this nation, and I've said it, and I've said it, and I've said it, and people will not do it. They don't want God in their everyday lives, but you are going to have to get prayer back in your homes on a daily basis. You're going to have to teach your kids to pray. Hear me and hear me good well. Teach your kids to pray. Have a time of family altar with your children every day. A time of Bible study. You and you, you husbands and wives come aside together every day and pray together and seek the face of God together. Have a time of prayer with your children and Bible study. Get the Spirit of God back in your homes. You can still come aside side by yourselves, you husbands and wives, and have your time with the Lord alone, but you need that time together. You need that time with your family. I'm so tired of seeing these posts on Facebook and different things, people saying, do you think we need to get prayer back in schools? That's fine, but it's not the prayer in the school that's going to change things. It's the prayer in the home. It's getting the Spirit of God back in the home, getting all this carnality, all this filth and trash people fill their minds with on a daily basis, uh, on television and movies and different things and all these different uh packages people have. I don't know what they are, but I hear about them I, because they're uh, they're always sending you emails and stuff and they want you to buy this package and that package uh, and this movie package and that movie package and all these things are is to entertain your flesh to keep you from finding a time of prayer and seeking God to keep you uh, from bringing a spirit of God and the spirit of worship uh, and the presence of God back in your home. Now you tell me this. How can you go to the house of God to worship God and there's no presence of God in your home? There's no presence of God on a daily basis. There's no conversation of God on a daily basis. You do not seek the Lord. You do not worship the Lord in your home in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But all you do when it comes church time is you will run right up to the time 
time you need to get ready to go to the house of God. I remember the Lord instructed us several years back. He said, when it comes time to go to the house of God on that day, start shutting your day down as soon as possible. I know we have jobs. I I know we have responsibilities. But there's things we do that we do to entertain ourselves and occupy our time. Because if you uh, don't, uh, your carnal man will get bored and he'll try to entertain you on something. It's time to feed the spirit man. It's time to feed yourself on the things of God and get back in that presence and back into that time frame of seeking God so that start shutting down. Whatever time you get home, start going into prayer. Start going into study. Start worshiping God. Start praising Him. Get your atmosphere in your home on God at least in the days when you go to the house of God to worship. When you get up on Sunday morning, I remember uh, getting up in our home on Sunday morning and mom and daddy, because daddy had to minister, a lot of times mama might lead singing and uh, they would be in prayer, they would be in study, they would be praising God. I know there was a few preachers daddy listened to uh, not anything local, but uh, they had these big radio stations. Uh, some of them come out of the Midwest. And I remember almost every Sunday morning, mom and dad had the radio on. Preachers weren't on TV that much. You had uh, Roberts and Allen, because they had the money they could put on TV broadcast, usually on Sunday afternoon. We always watched Brother Roberts. I can remember well. Uh, coming home from church, changing clothes, going out to play, and telling my mother, when Brother Roberts comes on, call me, and I would go, always go sit and watch Brother Roberts preach, and then he always demonstrated those great miracles of God, and before he went off the air a lot of times, and on the radio, I listened to him on the radio when I was just seven, eight, nine, uh, long about that age when I become of knowledge and understanding of the things of God. And he would always put that hand on the TV screen or uh, tell you to come lay your hand on the radio and he would pray with you, pray for your healing, pray for God to touch your life. And I always done that, either the television or the radio, because there was something in me, even as a young boy, that was drawn to the things of God. But people have so much filth and garbage and the music they allow in their homes and the the TV shows and all the cursing and nudity. And I'm talking to I'm talking to you people that name the name of the Lord. You allow these things in your home. It's wrong and it's time to get back to entertaining the Spirit of God. If you will entertain the Spirit of God in your home, God will come and sup with you. He will come and dwell with you. He will come and be there. Do you not know that it says that He inhabits the praises of His people? People today do not praise God in their home. They do not uh, lift up the name of Jesus. The Lord told me years ago that we worship the Lord in the churches, but we serve God in our home. You go to Deuteronomy, and I'm thinking it's the sixth chapter, but he talks about uh, the last thing you do of an evening, you talk about the Word of God. The first thing you do of a morning, you talk about the Word of God. You tell your children and their children of it. You write the Word on your doorpost. You write them 
uh, on, on your doorpost, I believe is right. Let me see if I can get over there. You know, if we would read the Word and get the Word, you know, in in our hearts and our minds and our lives. Well, let me just start at verse 1 of Deuteronomy 6. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes of the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, and that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy sons and thy sons' sons, all the days of thy lives, and that thy days may be prolonged. What did the Lord tell us in his word? If you love me, keep my commandments. Hear therefore, Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily. You don't see it being well with Christians. My God, the church is full of people, sick and diseased, got problems, their kids got problems, it's not being well with them, that they may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. You got the word of God in your heart, you're going to have it in your mouth, and it's going to be in your home. And I shall teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Who today, children, is talking about God in their homes? Who today has a conversation with their families, with their husbands, their wives, their sons, and their daughters? And he said, And I shall talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. The majority of mine and my wife's conversations are on the things of God. Sure, there's things in life we discuss. And there's things we talk about and go to prayer about, but the the majority of our conversation is the things of God. When you keep your mind stayed up on the Lord, according to Isaiah 26 and 3, the Lord said, I will keep the man or keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord for thy trustest in him. And he said, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontless between thy eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, and on thy gates. When it, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land, which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells deed, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. So the Lord was telling them here, I'm going to give you all these things if you'll serve me. If you'll present yourself to me, if you will talk about me in your homes, talk about me when you walk about your property, write my word on the doorpost of thine house, write it everywhere, keep it as frontlets. And they say there's a a little pouch that uh, people keep on their head like a hat. There's a little pouch in it that has scriptures written in it. I don't know if that's the frontlets or not. Frontlets that I know about or own a harness for a horse or a mule, and they blind 
the horse or the mule or they block their vision to keep them from looking to the left or to the right. Maybe we need some frontless to keep us looking, keep us from looking to the left or to the right because the Lord told Joshua in the first chapter of the book of Joshua, He said, look not to the left, look not to the right, but study my word day and night. Keep it before your eyes. Depart not from it. So, we need to start practicing the Word of God and get it restored to our homes, get it restored back in prayer, teach our children and children of God if we will do these things. And this won't be the last time you'll hear me talk about this. I'm going to keep talking about this because the key to getting the church back on track is getting the home back on track. And if the church... Uh, if the home is not in order with the spirit of prayer and seeking God, then the church is not in order. And if the church is not in order, the nation is not in order. And everybody keeps trying to do this thing from the top down. You don't build a house and put the and uh, shingle the roof first. You lay the foundation first. You dig down deep according to the Gospels, and you find that rock. You find that rock, and you dig down deep, and you build their own, and you lay that foundation first. I believe, uh, let me see if I can find it, but I'm thinking that is Luke, uh, the sixth chapter, and the Word of God, you know, it, it gives us all these instructions. You don't, you want to know what the apostles doctrine is? Go read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Go read the word that teaches you how to live. Go read the word that teaches you how to treat your fellow man and teaches you to love and, uh, go read that and see, uh, if you're doing this. See if you put these things before your eyes. And I believe I'm almost there. Uh, Jesus was talking about uh, all right, Luke 6 and 46. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh unto me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He didn't say hear him. He said hear him and do him. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the floods arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and that word vehemently means violently and with force, and could not shake it, for it was founded on a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. You don't build a house from the top down. You build a house from the foundation up, because when you lay a solid foundation, and you build the house structurally sound, then you have something that will withstand the storms and the weather. You know, when Hurricane Andrew came into Florida back in the early 90s and done something like at that time, $20 billion worth of damage, then Florida changed their building codes. It uh, got more strict and it uh, caused people to have to build with stronger foundations, stronger structures, because Florida is sand. Florida is sand, children. That's what it is. You can't find solid ground in Florida, and you have to dig really deep and lay a solid foundation in Florida and probably in California. I don't know that much about California, but I know nearly everything in Florida 
from the mid uh, middle of the state down is sand. And it takes a solid foundation. But uh, he told him, he said, if you build solidly, if you dig down to you find that rock, then you're going to lay a solid foundation. And people aren't digging down to find that rock. But I want to try to get back. I've still not gotten into the Scriptures. The Lord dealt with me about when I started the broadcast last week. And so I'm going to go to Second Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And I'm going to begin reading at the second verse. I told you before and foretell you, this is Paul's writings, as if I were present the second time in being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned and to all others, if I come again, I will not spare. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For ye also are weak in him, but ye shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Now, I was talking to you last week about the power, the power in the early church, the power the Lord told them to tarry for. When I was growing up, you were taught to tarry, not till you spoke in tongues, but you were taught to tarry until you received power by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Ghost came in in power. It came in and put something in your life to give you the strength and the wisdom and understanding to live holy and clean. And yes, we were taught on the uh, tongues of the Holy Ghost. I have never preached the Holy Ghost as speaking in tongues. I have always preached the baptism of the Holy Ghost as the fruit of the Spirit. I've always preached it as the characteristics, the character, the nature, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding of Christ, and the fruit of the Spirit that is listed, I believe it's in Galatians 5 and 22. So I've preached that. When that is made manifest, don't tell me you've got the Holy Ghost because you got stammering lips. Don't tell me you've got the Holy Ghost because you say a few words or syllables in tongues. I've had this fight with people for probably 40 years of my walk with God. Let me see Christ. Let me see Jesus being made manifested in you because the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the resurrected Christ. And if the Spirit of the resurrected Christ is going to live in you and is taken... It's abode in you in a measure. You do not have the fullness of it. You did not get what you, what the church got on the day of Pentecost. If you did, we would have a church like the book of Acts. We would have the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We would have men like Peter and James and John, we would have prophets uh, that went and prophesied the word evangelists like Philip, Peter, people that raised the dead like Peter. There would be great signs and wonders happening in the church and God would be in bearing witness that he was living in the church. So uh, whether you like me or not, whether you receive this or not, that's fine. But I am not going to preach doctrine that the Word of God does not bear out, and I am ready to see some fruit of the Spirit. I am ready to see people endued with power 
from on high. So Paul went on in the fifth verse and he said, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that ye are not reprobates. Now, stop and look at this fifth verse. Examine yourselves. If you start examining yourselves and you start uh, searching yourselves and checking your life, what is in you to show somebody else that you have Christ living in you? Uh, there's no power in people today. There's no miracles in deliverance. I'm talking about on a regular basis. Yes, God will move and He will have mercy on us and heal somebody or deliver somebody from time to time. But as far as uh, a daily demonstration, as far as the Lord moving in a daily demonstration uh, in the power of the Spirit and the unction of the Holy Ghost and, uh, you know, having great signs and wonders and miracles, uh, we don't see this. And I will take you to uh, a scripture in the book of Acts, the second chapter. They received the Holy Ghost because they tarried until they were endued with power from on high. Uh, and Peter stood up and began to preach to them uh, about Jesus and about David and what was witnessed. Uh, talked to them about the Holy Ghost. Uh, and in verse 40 he says, And with many other words did he exhort, testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 souls received Christ on the day of Pentecost and were baptized in water. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in a fellowship and the breaking of bread in prayer. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Now, tell me where this is. Tell me if you examine yourself, uh, where are the many wonders and signs which were done by the apostles? Where is that today? I want to know where this is today. I want to know where that if you go to the last verse of Acts 2, it says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Where is this? Where is this working of the Spirit of God? If you examine yourselves and you go to where the book of Acts was endued with power, the foundation of the church was laid, and we're supposed to build their own, but after this dispensation of the former reign began to phase out, the power phased out. The teaching of the apostles phased out. And the Lord dealt with me a couple of years back that where Joel prophesied and said, and he talked about the locust, he talked about the canker worm, the palmer worm, uh, the caterpillar uh, coming in and eating up. He said, these are the doctrines and traditions of man. And right after the, the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Ghost was poured out. You know, Paul spent his own uh, his whole ministry fighting with people trying to bring the law 
into the teaching of grace under Jesus. He, he, he fought with them his whole ministry about circumcision, about keeping the law, about all these things. And all down through the years, this cankerworm, caterpillar, palmerworm, locust, all this is the teachings of man that the Lord said in Joel 2.25, and I will restore to you the years that the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, he said, my great army, I allowed this to come among you, to test your faith, to prove you. So uh, that was your, that is what has destroyed the true doctrine of Christ. This is Brother Metter, and I see again that our time is about gone. I pray that you are enjoying this word. I will try to get back in it on our next broadcast. Uh, sometimes God deals with me with different things when we go two or three weeks down the road. But I pray this has been a blessing to you. It's been a help and a strength to you. I want to encourage you. Be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. And I appreciate those of you that are out there that are supporting us. Uh, but still, children, all the people that are here that are listening to this broadcast, that are enjoying this broadcast, please take a few minutes, write to us, uh, and send us an offering to keep this broadcast on the air. You can find it on our website, and I pray God bless you till our next broadcast.